The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and video teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Ever wonder how much fun you could have with a $20 bill? You're about to find out. For a limited time only, and just in time for Easter gift giving, YOLO Films, in association with Are You Crazy Productions, announces for the first time ever in one collection, The Incomparable, Uncanny, Adventures of Alan Extreme. You heard right. All the adventures from the man who made YOLO a household word. Woo! Hey, everybody. This is Alan Extreme. And this is the most incredible and authentic video ever! Woo! See Alan Extreme conquer snow-covered death. Feel your jaw drop as Alan crushes the trails in Moab. Nobody carves the face of giant waves like Alan. And included for the first time anywhere, Alan Extremes fall from space. This is harder than I thought. I can't do it. I can't do it. Alan, you don't have to jump. Just lean out and take a look. Okay, I can do that. I just hope I don't slip. One small slip for Alan Extreme. One giant leap for mankind. YOLO, dude! YOLO! If that's not enough to pry a $20 bill from your fingers, listen to this. Order before this commercial is over and we will include not one, not two, but four copies of the incomparable and uncanny adventures of Alan Extreme. That's four copies of the exact same video for the price of one. Hold on, we're not done. Order now and we'll include this beautifully crafted, handmade replica of an actual Easter basket, complete with authentic fake grass, for free! Let's recap. Four copies of the incomparable, uncanny adventures of Alan Extreme and a beautifully crafted, handmade replica of an actual Easter basket, all for $20. Are you kidding me? Call now. Operators are standing by. One ringy-dingy. Oh, a gracious good afternoon. Dial 1-800-BUY-YOLO. You don't want to miss this. Not available in states where laws prohibit the distribution of false and misleading content. We are here to help. Welcome uh, once again to Mountain Park and happy Resurrection Day to all of you. Just so you know, the DVD and uh, Easter basket are not real. Just so you know, we had about 20 people in the first celebration this morning go to the guest center to try to buy one. And uh, we don't have them available uh, for exact uh, copies of the same video. So uh, we have none of that available uh, to you. I'll tell you in a moment why we did all that. But uh, again, my name is Alan. And uh, if this is your first time, I just want to let you know that I am very technically hip. 
I mean, I say that with all humility, but I'm incredibly technically hip. Uh, Dave Shrine is on staff here. He does communications and IT, and he texted me uh, last week, and he said... Uh, he had a picture of my favorite ice cream, and he knows it's my favorite ice cream because he bought it and he was going to go home and enjoy it. And he said, it's going to be a great night. And five days later, I texted back, sounds awesome, which apparently is too late. Apparently, I, I, I don't get texting yet, but what, I do, but what I do get are the four letters Y-O-L-O. Do we all know what those mean? YOLO, YOLO, somebody said YOLO, yeah, well, what does YOLO mean? You only live once. YOLO uh, is an inspiration for people to jump off cliffs, to jump out of airplanes, to race cars very fast, and to continue to take vacations to Rocky Point. Uh, just to kind of help paint a picture, there's two kinds of people. There are people who open and close their garage doors with reckless abandon. They open it just to kind of see what the weather's like and just kind of keep the thing. And then those are YOLO people. And then there are people who say, you know, the machine only has so many ups and downs. Those are not YOLO people. Am I painting the picture yet? Are we together here? Okay. So the idea with YOLO is that there's a limited life that we're born and we die, and in between those two periods, we've got to make the most of life. You only get one set of days, one shot at life. So go for it. You only live once, so go for it. You only live once, unless, of course, you're Jesus. And the reason that we gather here on Easter and that we uh, grab family and friends and we say, uh, let's gather together on Easter, we gather to celebrate the fact that Jesus conquered death. It's an amazing thing. Jesus goes beyond YOLO. He actually lived. Uh, few will dispute the fact that Jesus actually lived, that he was a man. He had a mom. He had a job. He was a carpenter. He had siblings. He, uh, we see evidence of him weeping. We see evidence of him getting angry. We see in the story of his, uh, of his crucifixion that he had tremendous sorrow and anguish, overwhelming sorrow as he was in the garden before his crucifixion. Um, he wasn't just pretending to be human. He was human. He actually lived. And he actually died. The success rate of Roman crucifixion was right around 100%. They were very good at what they did. Very good. It's not like the, the Wild West with the hangings where uh, as soon as someone is hanged and then their buddy would come around the corner with a shotgun and shoot the rope and then they would uh, fall off and get on their horse and escape to outlaw another day. That's not the way it was with crucifixion. You did not come off of the cross alive. He actually died, and he actually conquered death. Here's where historians and our rational minds kind of have a head tilt. He actually conquered death. He wasn't just a spirit or a ghost who appeared, I'm kind of like Jesus. There's a story of Thomas touching his hand and touching his side that the disciples gathered with Jesus and ate with him. He actually was there. He actually physically was there. And he didn't just appear for the disciples, this group of people who were um, 
uh, devout followers of him, and maybe over time they started to think maybe Jesus was there. He didn't just appear to those 11, and, and then we're kind of basing this whole story on their account. He appeared to hundreds of people, the Scripture says. He appeared to multiple people, a whole lot of folks. He actually conquered death. Now, with the power and the authority of the Roman Empire, they would have produced a body to prove that wasn't true if it was possible. They would have. With all the influence and the power that the Roman authority had, and it was their crucifixion and the whole thing, they would have provided a body to say, you think he rose from the dead? Here's his body. And rest assured, they made every attempt they could to make sure that, to, to, to try to make that happen. And it didn't. Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered death. He went beyond YOLO. I want to take a look at a story in John chapter 3 this morning of an interaction between Jesus and a man named Nicodemus. I invite you, if you brought your Bibles, to turn to the third chapter of John. The New Testament begins with four different versions of the story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so I want to uh, just take a look at a few verses in John's version of the story of Jesus. He begins chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. And let me just remind you as we connect with the story of Jesus here at Easter, it was the Jewish ruling council who declared Jesus a heretic, said he's not the Messiah, and said we need to crucify, we need to get rid of this guy. So they set up a reason to send him to the Romans to have him killed. Verse 2, he came to Jesus, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. That's where we get Nick at night. It's all right here. <laughs> Nick at night. And he said, Rabbi, we know you were a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. Now, it's most likely that Nicodemus went to Jesus at night because he did not want to be seen with Jesus. He was a part of the Jewish ruling council, and they were troubled with what Jesus was doing, even this early in the story. And so Nicodemus knew that there was something different about Jesus. And so he went at night, he said, I want to know more about who you are and the God who sent you. A pretty powerful story. And then Jesus responds to him, verse 3. Jesus declares, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Born again. Wait a second. How does that fit with YOLO? How does born again fit with you only live once? I want to talk about this second image up here on the board. This second image represents, if you will, the gospel. And I want to explain what I mean by that. This second image represents what it means to be born again. It represents why the resurrection of Jesus Christ is such an enormous deal. It is a world-changing historical fact, the resurrection of Christ, and why that is so. What I want to do, in fact, is compare this to this. And in keeping with the idea of YOLO and extreme sports and such, I'm going to call this YOLO and call this YOLO Extreme. 
okay? So this is YOLO and this is YOLO Extreme. I'm not saying YOLO and not YOLO because YOLO still applies here. YOLO is still happening. You only live once. You are born and you die. And so YOLO is still here, but there's an added part to it. It's YOLO Extreme. For those who choose Jesus as their Savior, for those who decide Jesus is the Messiah, the one that the Jews had been waiting for, the one that allows us to spend eternity with God, that He is the one, then there is a point in life somewhere in our journey where we choose to follow Him. And this point is where uh, Jesus, what Jesus is referring to when he says to be born again. This is what it means to be a Christian. Going, a, going to church does not make you a Christian. Growing up in a Christian home does not make you a Christian. Following Christ makes you a Christian. Intentionally saying, I want to be born again, as Jesus is describing here in John chapter 3. And we're, it means we're born again. We're dead to the ways that we were. We're dead to the way we used to see ourselves, dead to the way we used to see our future, our purpose, our morality. We are that, we, all that stuff is dead to us. The old self is gone. And the new self, from the born-again experience, that's who we are. We are a new creation, Scripture says. This whole year, 2013, for those of you who've been with us, we've been talking about the pursuit of holiness. We've been looking at the whole biblical story and how God has been inviting us on this pursuit to be noticeably different through the whole journey. And we're going to continue to look at that next week and the weeks after that for the rest of 2013. We're going to be talking about the pursuit of holiness. That pursuit happens here. It happens between uh, the commitment to say, I'm, I'm, I'm born again. I am a follower of Christ. And when we draw our last breath. In here is when the pursuit of holiness happens. It's this journey of you and I becoming the men and the women that God has designed us to be. Now this is called YOLO, and this is called YOLO Extreme because it goes beyond the boundaries of YOLO. It goes beyond that to an eternity that Scripture offers and promises that we will get to spend forever with our Creator. And so it just goes on. It's YOLO and boom, it's YOLO extreme. There's more to it. In YOLO, we are certainly impacted and influenced by the ways of God. They're first introduced in the Old Testament as the laws and the commandments, the Ten Commandments and this is the way I want you to, do, to live life, God says. We are certainly impl impacted by that. Everyone in the entire world is. The laws of the United States, etc., are so impacted by God's ways. YOLO is absolutely impacted by that. But with YOLO, the ways of God are optional. With YOLO, the ways of God are optional. We can decide, I like this part. I like Jesus saying this. Don't really like Jesus saying this. So I'll take this. I'm going to pass on this. That's the YOLO experience. YOLO extreme, however, when we become born again, we no longer get to just pick and choose on, how we're, on, on how the parameters of life, on how to do life. That there grows as a part of that a commitment to the ways of God. A commitment to say, whether I like it or not, the God that I'm serving is asking this of me is challenging me in this way. That's one of the differences between YOLO and YOLO Extreme. Let me continue to read as we unpack this a little bit and kind of unpack the difference between YOLO and YOLO Extreme. In verse 4, 
Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read Nicodemus asking that question, I imagine he's, it's, he's maybe even joking as he asks it, to almost hope from Jesus that that's not what he means. That's not what you're talking about, right, Jesus? Because that would be weird. That's not what we're talking about. Because remember, Nicodemus is not a fool. He's not an idiot. He's part of the Jewish ruling council. He's a highly educated, very intelligent in the ways of the Jewish faith, in the ways of theology, smart guy saying, I need you to help me with this. And Jesus continues to offer some help. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Flesh often in... in, in the Christian world, kind of gets a bad rap. I mean, Scripture often says, you know, flesh bad, spirit good. Flesh bad, spirit good. That's why I wear long sleeve shirts a lot. And t-shirts under my shirts. Uh, Flesh bad, spirit good. But whatever your uh, faith journey or wherever you land in terms of who God is, etc., if we call YOLO flesh and YOLO extreme spirit then we would have to admit that a lot of great things happen with YOLO. There are a lot of amazing things that have been part of the accomplishments of humanity in the flesh as a part of you only live once. Amazing feats that humans have done over the years. Amazing accomplishments, buildings and bridges and structures that have been designed, the Hoover Dam, wow! The, the Ferrari. Somebody created that car. Way to go, Enzo, is what I say. <laughs> Big fan of the Ferrari. Or what about the iPhone? Here we are in 2013, and we can't live without it. How, how could we possibly have someone we love go to the store by themselves without an iPhone? How could we possibly allow that to happen? That this amazing tool, and now we're like barely hanging on because the iPhone 6 has to come out because there must be something that we're missing right now that we're going to have later on when the iPhone 6 comes out. I mean, just these amazing accomplishments in technology, et cetera. Let me give you one more example. There was a Canadian not too long ago who in his NHL career amassed 2,857 regular season points. 2,857. You might think, oh, okay, who cares? The number two highest total of any NHL hockey player was 1,877. Did you hear what I just said? I mean, that's amazing. So when I talked about the feats of humanity, that was probably one of the examples you were thinking of already, right? Just for extra points, anyone know who that is? Wayne Gretzky. Thank you. See, some people are paying attention. Nicely done. That YOLO is good. This idea of you only have so many days in your life. You only have so many days in your life, so go for it. Give it a shot. Try it. Write that book. Take that class. Learn that language. Run that race. Give it a shot. Go for it. As long as it is consistent with the character of Jesus Christ, 
go ahead and experience what the flesh has to offer and what you can accomplish in the flesh as long as it is consistent with the character of Jesus Christ. Please don't misunderstand that piece there. He said I could, no, as long as it is consistent, okay? The fl- YOLO is good, but Jesus says, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, fine, a lot of great things can happen there. But if you want to experience what the Spirit has to offer, only the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. If you want to be born again, Jesus says, you have to see, sorry, the other way around. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. Verse 3, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. There's this whole other realm of life that only the Spirit can give birth to. He restates this in a different way in verse 11. Jump down there. I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? So we talk about earthly things and human accomplishments, and you understand that stuff, and you want to try to do what other people are doing, and that's inspiring, and that's great. There are great things that are accomplished in the flesh, Great things, great earthly things that we get to see and experience and drive and, and push buttons on, etc. But they pale in comparison to the heavenly things. They pale in comparison to the things of the Spirit. Some of you know this, but I met my wife in, in Kenya, Africa, in East Africa. And when I first met her and then came home, I told people that I, I met this girl named... As you can imagine, I got a lot of mileage out of that. But uh, she's from Cincinnati, so that didn't, you know, the story didn't carry too far. But uh, she came back from uh, Kenya, and I stayed there for a few more months. And on my way back, I had arranged to spend a week in Paris because I, I didn't have to get back to, uh, I was just finishing up seminary, and I, was, I didn't have to get back to school for a little, a little window. So I thought, might as well, it didn't cost me anything to set my flight up that way. So I thought, oh great, after my whole Africa experience, I'll spend a week in Paris, and, and that'll be great. I just skipped one tiny little detail in my plans for that whole experience. When I got to Paris, I got off the plane, I had my luggage, and I had zero money, and I had no place to stay and no plans and I was going to be there for a week. My plane didn't leave for a week. And so I didn't even think about all that until I got off the plane. And I thought, probably should have thought this one through a little bit better. But hey, YOLO, right? You only live once, so we'll kind of figure this out. I was looking around to where I might fall asleep at the, the airport there in Paris, and uh, I was getting a little bit nervous after a while, and then I, I realized that I had a phone number deep in my luggage, phone number of a friend of a friend, Someone uh, back where I was going to school who knew somebody in Paris, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll give this guy a call. So I called him up, and, and, and he said, sure, you can come stay with me, no problem. So I took a bus and met with him and hung out with him. He lived a little bit outside of the city. It was a great time. He lived close to the Palace of Versailles, uh, just outside of Paris, uh, or as they say in Kentucky, Versailles. As, as I learned that there is a town in Kentucky, and, and it's Versailles. <laughs> Obviously, a town that is rich in French culture. Uh, so one morning, I woke up, and I, I, I walked a fair distance 
to the entrance of Versailles, and I went to the estate, and I walked through the immaculate gardens and the uh, incredibly beautiful uh, building there. The, the ceilings seemed as, I mean, my memory, they were as tall as the ceilings here in this room. So huge. The rooms were huge, and all the furniture and the architecture, and, and everything was just so enormous and beautiful, and uh, it was just incredible. It's an incredible palace. It wasn't until I was pretty much done enjoying the palace that I found a map for the estate and realized that I wasn't in the palace. I was in the guest home. I was in like the summer cottage for the, for the royalty when they needed a break from the estate, from the palace, and they would come and stay in this little shack over on the corner of the grounds. I'm, 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 not, I'm not kidding. And so I thought, well, now i got to see the palace. So then I walked through. Apparently, I went in the back way. Normal people, they drive and they go in the front way. Well, I walked, and I, I walked in the back way. So then I walked through uh, enormous gardens, and I saw the actual palace. Have you ever seen Versailles? Have you ever seen this palace? It is enormous. It's opulent. It's got Enormous statues throughout the whole outside of it. It is so huge. No wonder there was a revolution. I mean, no wonder. I mean, that the king was living in something like that. It was so amazing. And it, and it made the guest house look like a guest house. Does that make any sense? Anyway, sometimes we are living in YOLO. And maybe we're enjoying it. Because, like I said, there's some great things that can come out of the flesh, and maybe we're enjoying part of the YOLO experience. Or maybe you're living in YOLO, and, and you're not enjoying it. And there's just this sense of, is this all there is? How did I stumble into this relationship, into this marriage, into this job, into this city? How did this happen? What if we're spending our lives walking around the guest house, unaware of the fact that the palace is right there. The, the guest house is where the earthly YOLO things are happening, and we're thinking, this is good enough. And we're unaware of the fact that all that God has to offer, the palace, the spiritual things, are over there. They're just over there. All the things that our heart is truly longing for that makes us think, what's wrong with my life? They're just over there. That the palace is available to us. What if that was the story, that was the picture? Later on in this conversation with Nicodemus, just a few verses later, Jesus offers perhaps the most famous of all Christian Scripture. In verse 16, John 3, 16, he says, Nicodemus, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes in Jesus will not perish. See, perishing, the, the idea of death that's what YOLO is all about. YOLO is saying, hey, this is going to happen. 
So let's squeeze all that we can inside of here. You only live once, so go for it. Jump off of that cliff, and if you die, you'll die a hero, and we'll put the, the, the GoPro video on YouTube, and everyone will watch it. It'll be awesome. You'll be a hero. You know what the, the last words of a redneck are? Hey, y'all, watch this. And, and that happens right here. That's what happened. That, that's the last words right here. Two times this morning, someone has added, hold my beer uh, as a part of that journey. But I didn't say that with you. So, so that happens right here, and then it's over. And then that's, that's it. That's, I mean, that's all we've been living for, and it's done. It's over. And that's what YOLO Extreme takes us to a place. For those who are born again, we've already died. We're already dead to ourselves. We're already dead to the person that we were. We've already died. This piece here, when we draw our last breath, for those who are followers of Christ, it's not terrifying. It's, it's not as big of a deal. It certainly, it hurts and we leave loved ones behind. It's absolutely a part of the, the painful reality of, uh, that right now at this stage in the, in the whole shebang story, in the God's overall story, that there's mourning and loss that happens there. But, but in terms of the grand scheme of things, our earthly death, our last breath, that's just a transition from glimpses of heaven that we experience to heaven itself. It's just a transition it's a different story for you, between YOLO and YOLO Extreme. And so I'm always fascinated at funerals because so often there's a rhetoric at funerals that is so theologically confident. So for a number of people who are not believers, either relatives of the one who has passed or the person who has passed who was not a believer, etc., there's so often this language of, well, he's in a better place. Or she's with Uncle Leroy now, and I know that. I know he's up in heaven with Uncle Leroy. And so often I'm, I'm, I sit there and people are up at the microphone saying these things, and I'm not judging, I'm just listening. I'm going, based on what? How, how do you know? Ba based on what? Where does this come from? That people who have no interest in God, that ridicule the idea of Christianity, it's just a crutch, ridicule the whole idea, no interest in the resurrection of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, no interest in church, no interest in spiritual things, that when it comes to the, to the end of YOLO, when it comes to the perishing peace, for some reason they bring in this theological confidence that they are the people that they care about are with God in heaven. Based on what? See, the beauty of, of, of the picture of these two pieces is we don't have to do guesswork with this. We don't need to just guess. We don't need to gamble this piece. We don't need to get close and blindly hope that something good is going to happen. We don't need to do that. Jesus says... You need to be born again. And it's not about fearing the end of that story. It's about at some point in your life deciding, do I believe Jesus is the Messiah? Is that the story that I believe is going on around me? If it is, then I want to be a follower of Christ. That's what that is. And we could decide, YOLO or YOLO extreme. We don't need to just guess our way through that. And the stakes are so high. 
For the disciples, the first Easter, in a sense, was a tremendous disappointment. I mean, these disciples who had been following Jesus, we see glimpses of it when they say, when I'm with you, Jesus, when you're the king, can I be on your right and, and then he be on your left and these kinds of things. They just had all these expectations of what it was going to be like when Jesus becomes king. And so he comes and he dies, and maybe even he rose again, and then he ascends into heaven, and they're still going, there's, what? nothing changed. Nothing changed. I'm still poor. Rome is still very much in control. The Jewish ruling council, they're still very much spiritually in control, telling people what they can and can't do outside the boundaries of Scripture. Nothing's changed. But then we see in the book of Acts these stories that are written decades after Jesus ascended into heaven that after a while they realized, oh, wait a minute, everything changed. That they were expecting there to be a turnover in political power, and that Jesus was going to come and, and take over the Roman Empire and become the leader in that way. That's what they were expecting. But Jesus did something way bigger than that, because earthly kingdoms have come and gone. Every powerful kingdom that people at the time said, nothing is going to destroy that kingdom. Every one of those kingdoms has fallen, every one, even the Roman Empire. And Jesus came in, and, and instead of just doing another one of those, he came in and said, I'm going to reset all of human history. And he reset it in a way that hasn't been overturned. See, he said about the whole human story, he's going to make a, a transition from YOLO to YOLO extreme. He's going to give us the opportunity to go from YOLO to YOLO extreme, to go from things of the flesh, to go from the limitations of flesh to the power of of the Spirit, to go from experiencing earthly things to experiencing heavenly things. Jesus comes in and says, I'm going to give you the opportunity to make that switch. And it wasn't until years later, as the, as the theology started to take shape by the church, that we realized, oh, that's what Jesus meant by born again. So here at Easter, as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to be born again. The band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in one final song. And if this, I mean, this perhaps is your first time in church in a long time. And you're kind of going, okay, well, that's a little different. Or maybe you've been on our pursuit of holiness journey this whole year, the whole thing. But you didn't know that there was a need to have some moment in your journey where you decide to be a follower of Christ. Maybe you didn't know that until right now. And as we celebrate Easter together, I don't want to miss the opportunity to invite you into that born-again experience. The band is going to play a song that, where the chorus says, this is your life. Are you who you want to be? This is your life. You get one shot at it. One shot. What are you going to do with it? Just let the song pour over you, and then after the song, I'm going to come up and pray with any of you who want to pray that prayer. Would you just uh, bow your heads and close your eyes here as we close today? If you're here and uh, you are interested in making a, a leap from you only live once to being a follower of Christ, 
being born again. Or perhaps um, you just want confirmation of that in your faith journey today. You, you're just not really sure what that has looked like. And you want, you want to make sure that that's happened for you. If that's where you are, if that's where your heart and your mind are this morning, then I just invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I believe in you. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus. I believe in the power of the resurrection that he actually conquered death. And as a result, Father, I want to be born again. I want my old self to die so that I can be a new creation. And the rest of my days, I want to pursue holiness. And I want to spend eternity with you, Father. God, I pray for each and every one of us here in this room that there would be a revitalized sense of awe and worship about what you've done through your son Jesus, that you loved us so much that he died so that we can have a restored relationship with you. God, may we carry that with us for the rest of our day today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If there's any of you here in the room who prayed that prayer, if that's the prayer of your heart today, please tell someone about it. If you came with someone, tell them. Let one of us know here on staff. Don't let it just fade away. Please tell someone about it. And if possible, we'd love to see you again. Next Sunday, Wednesday, uh, we'd love to continue the journey with you. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming today and have a tremendous Easter.